Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Professor, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing great. we got Michael Bumpus in here hey, today. Hey, Michael. You know? How are you? What's up, JC? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, we were talking at the outset um, uh, about the new coaching hires. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to have Clint Hurt on our show tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah, so uh, at 2 o'clock, so tune in. But um, anyway, uh, we were talking about him and then Sean Desai and Carl Scott. And, I mean, you look at the these guys, I mean, as far as – Pete goes. I feel like Pete's gotten a bad rap. You could really speak to this, John. That yeah. he is—he's probably the most progressive coach in the NFL. He's the oldest, but you know he's being stereotyped lately as being this meddling guy who's putting his fingers in the pie and not letting coaches go. And it sounds like you know this this meeting with Desai and Hurt and Carl Scott that it was just like this explosion of chemistry and activity and you know and and as far as you know it being his defense, you know I just. I feel like he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for being a more, you know, like he's probably the youngest-minded coach. Mm -hmm. He's the oldest coach, but, I mean, just because of his age, I feel like in the last couple years that's come unnecessarily uh, to the forefront of of the news. Yeah, I agree, because, again, it's like you see how he relates with players, how, you know, he, you know, the music that he likes, all those different things. I mean, he comes off young, even though he is the oldest coach, and I think he sets a great environment for the players. And I think you know you can see how much the players like it. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I think he gets a bad rap. I mean, you know, everything last year was just off. Okay, so it's like, uh, and you know, now I mean, he he took all kind of heat for that, and everybody took heat and all those different things, which was so wrong. You know, because again, he's had such great success here in Seattle. Uh, I, I still can, t- can say that he, I think it's going to continue. He's under contract to 2015. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I just shake my head at people that are criticizing him because, again, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame caliber coach who is uh, still in the prime of his career. Well, and the other thing, too, John, is that, uh, you know, and I, I've said this before, and I think you would uh, mm-hmm. you would agree, is that as far as developing other coaches like he's very interested in that I always felt like Belichick you know not a lot of you know as far as a coaching tree goes and Pete is bringing guys in he wants them to become head coaches and you know he made Clint Hurt uh, the assistant head coach just so he could have that title I don't know if that brings more pay or whatever but still I mean you know again a bad rap in that regard as well that like he's he's trying to develop these guys and let them do their own thing Mm -hmm. agreed and I think that uh he does such a great job of doing it, and that's why what, what I like about this is that, you know, he promotes within for the defensive coordinator job, promotes within for the offensive line job, and then goes out and gets, uh, you know, two defensive coaches that are 38 or younger, and I think that's good. And Because, again, it's not bad having younger coaches. A couple of nerds, too, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Bump was was talking about uh, Decide. Is he have his uh, doctorate or Master, a master's? Doctorate, and, he was a professor. Everything. Yeah, these, yeah. These, these young, sharp guys that, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it just it's unfortunate for Pete. I feel like, you know, it, just because of his age, mm-hmm. you know, people are, are thinking that. But once you get but to what, know what about, But what about the age of Belichick? What about the age of Bruce uh, Arians? You know, the age of some of these other coaches? It's like, uh, hey, I mean, it's just it's it's just a number, 
And again, as long as you can you know, relate well with the players, as long as you can win, then it's not a big issue. John, the Hawks get Sanjay as their receiver coach. Round two with these guys. He's been with the Jags, the Raiders, the Jets, Bills, Colts, Cowboys. He's been around the league mm-hmm. a while. Um, DK is the focal point when it comes to development. How do you think Sanjay's going to help DK get to the next level? Uh, I think, well, first off, I mean, getting DK healthy, you know, coming off that foot injury, you know, that that's going to be one of the more important things. And then, of course, you know, the, the key – for uh, Sanjay is kind of working, you know, with Shane Waldron and making sure that, uh, you know, Russell gets into position much like Patrick Mahomes does of taking what's given him, you know, because again, if people go cover two, don't force it too much. You know, you can get some passes downfield, but don't force it too much, but just take advantage of, uh, you know, throwing some underneath stuff, some check downs, screen passes, all those different things, and then let the offensive line you know, get a little bit more athletic to get the blocking going better. Yeah, that, that was interesting uh, on that side. But, you know, like I was saying, I was jokingly calling these guys nerds, but these are these young, sharp guys like Mike McDaniel. And, you know, it, it seems like uh, coming out of the Super Bowl, uh-huh. you look at the Sean McVay, you know, uh, tree, uh, coaching tree and everything, it's it's really uh, it's really been kind of the the craze, and that's kind of what the the Seahawks are doing. And but you know, and I think the other thing that needs to be emphasized is that once they you know that Pete hires him, he mm-hmm. lets them coach. Right. He lets them be. It's not it's not like he is constantly in there going, "Hey, you got to do this and you got to do that." I mean, the, the one time he stepped in that I, I remember, it, and it was for a good reason. It was in 2020, and I think Russ had thrown like five interceptions mm-hmm. in three games or something. And that's what he's always been about. And I think, were they number one in giveaways this year, I think? I think they were number one or two as far as get, giving the ball up uh, the least. So, I mean, he had to do it then. Yeah. But, but, you know, this isn't something that happens all the time. No, and, to, and in 219, when it was the let Russ cook scenario, which, of course, is, you know, a, a blighted memory, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, the interceptions were Russell's highest the mistakes were uh, more so than anything else. And so it's like uh, that turned out to be the wrong philosophy, particularly in the second half of the season. And so it's like, uh, you know, he'll he'll occasionally, you know, pull in the coaches and say, okay, now wait a second. You know, remember he did it with Brian Schottenheimer after the first two games and they were passing the ball That's a little right. bit more. Yeah. And so he said, hey, run the ball more. And so it's like, uh, you know, and it's not like, uh, and particularly now with the new coaching staff and the new uh, guys on offense, it's not like uh, when they run the ball, it's not like going to be the old way where you have you know, big offensive linemen powering down. It's going to be different because it's going to be the Rams type of offense running the football. John, the more I dig into Carl Scott, the more impressed I am with his ideas on the back end. When you combine him with Clint Hurt mm-hmm. down in the box taking care of the D-line, should we expect to see some variety in the back end and more aggressiveness on that defensive line? Uh, you would think so, yeah. I mean, because, of course, uh, you know, Scott, Scott's going to be uh, you know, more of the passing uh, guy. But I think that you'll see a little bit more aggressiveness, and then we'll see what they're going to be able to add in trades or free agency or anything of that nature. In fact, I'll throw one out at you today. Uh, Dante Fowler, who's 27 years old, uh, his contract you know, lapsed with the Atlanta Falcons. Should he be a consideration to come in? Because a couple of years ago, I mean, he had more than 10 sacks. 
Wow, Dante Fowler's only 27? Yeah. Man. Seems like he's been in the league for, I know. Yeah. for a long time. He was 215 is when he came into the league. Yeah. Hey, uh, today uh, Ian Rappaport wrote about uh, how seriously the NFL's taken the Stephen Ross tanking allegations, John. Mm-hmm. How do you imagine this goes? And then, you know, do you think Bump and I were kind of talking through the, the owners. What's the other owners' uh, view of this? Are they are they protecting one another, or like I think Michael, that that was mm-hmm. kind of what you thought. I I feel like I'm not protecting a guy that's a jackass. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get him <laughs> out of there, man. Yeah. So because he, they're screwing up a good thing, but just uh, your view on that, and do you, do you see it that way? And how do you think this is gonna? If, if he's found guilty of offering ten thousand, a hundred thousand uh, dollars for a loss, he's gone. I mean, they're not gonna stand by him. I mean, because again. I mean, you, you, you've, you've ruined the integrity of the game. And so it's like, no, I think that uh, in the end, you know, they'll do everything they can to get him out of there if they find that to be true. Now, if they don't, then they'll protect him. But I think, you know, this is one that's so serious that, uh, you, know, you know, there's no argument on this. There's no protecting on this. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, you kind of get the feeling that there's a little bit of proof out there. And if that's going to be the case, the owner's in trouble. Well, and, and I think people's default position is probably that that they're they're gonna you know protect each mm-hmm. other. And I, I guess to me, it's just if I'm in that, it's way too valuable to like yeah. I said have somebody screwing it up. So I would think it would be, you know, as as far as the process goes, though. I mean, they can do their own thing. I mean, there I don't know. Is there are there legal implications because some yeah. of the gambling things you were talking about. Um, you know, that, that falls into the purview of uh, some of the, the laws of, of the land, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, he, he, face, he faces some criminal charges on that if it's found out to be true. You know, so it's like, uh, no, this is, this is as serious as it gets. And, you know, the owners aren't going to stick by him. And we'll see where the courts do if they can find this to be true. The key right now is just finding to see if indeed they have enough proof to get this thing done. John, kind of going off of that, Brian Flores um, exposes the Dolphins and tries to expose the Denver Broncos, puts himself out there. Houston says, look, he came down. He was one of the last guys that we were trying to interview to see if he were to be a head coach in this league. Do you see him working in this league again? Do you think enough time will pass to where owners will kind of accept him back into the shoot? I worry. I think that there's a good chance that he may not get back. Yeah, because this could be like a very much like a Colin Kaepernick situation, you know, because, again, you know, it's like, a, you know, he seemed like he was like, I don't understand why he took the Denver Broncos and put them out there. I mean, they gave him a two and a half hour interview. They flew down to Florida to see him. You know, he's saying that Elway was a little hungover or <clears throat> not not in the greatest shape. But I mean, they gave him two and a half hours and they didn't hire him. So it's like, OK, so uh, what's the deal? You know, they were trying to, you know, speed through the uh, process of getting the 10 interviews done. And so they, you know, they made the flights and all those different things. And then they ended up hiring uh, Nathaniel Hackett. But, uh, no, I think he's going to have a hard time getting back. Yeah. Hey, uh, John, um, is it quarterback or uh, Daryl Bevel got a job with the Miami Dolphins, hired by yeah. Mike McDaniel. Right. McDaniel, another another really smart guy. And, uh I'm sorry. Was he offensive coordinator or quarterback coach? Offensive coordinator. Yeah, OC down there. Yeah, but yeah. He, uh, you know, and he doesn't get enough credit for during that the Super Bowl runs there. He had a top ten offense, and I right. know he was always criticized. But one heck of a nice guy. But oh, he's great. But it's good to see him getting uh, getting that, and that the rest of the league, especially Mike McDaniel, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thinks so highly of him. 
Yeah, agreed. Now, again, we'll see what he can do with Tua, you know, because uh, Tua is really talented, and he's got to get more out of Tua than uh, the previous coaching staff did. And so we'll see how he does. But, you know, Daryl's a good coach. I mean, he's now been an interim coach twice in the last couple years. And uh, now he he goes on with, uh, you know, uh, Mike McDaniel to, uh, you know, go ahead and see, you know, what he can do down in Miami. John, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you think about just Clint Hurt in general, right? Yeah. Pete Carroll, this is his defense, but he hires within, he promotes Clint Hurt. Do you feel like he's going to have full grasp of this defense, or do you feel like Pete's still going to be peeking around the corner, tapping him on the shoulder, giving him a bunch of suggestions? No, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's Pete's team, so you would have to think that, uh, you know, he's got to oversee it and point out what he wants, and, you know, they, they can point out what differences that they pick up on, you know, Clint and the staff and all that stuff, and then try to mix and match and, you know, get the best way possible. Because, again, it's not just an individual thing, but it's a team thing. And, of course, now I think there's a good team of defensive coaches. I mean, how about the idea that uh, of the 22 coaches on the staff, only eight repeat eight or in the same roles 14 mm. have either you know been added or changed and they've changed so many different things so it's like you know you knew there was going to be a shake-up you know the shake-up turned out to be bigger <clears throat> than we thought uh and so now it's a matter of uh, just putting it all together and having the meetings and you know getting through it and getting on the right page Speaking of shakeup, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the backfield with the Seahawks? You got Carson and Penny, and say mm-hmm. both of these guys are back. This is from the three six zero. Do you think they could be one of the best duos in the NFL next year if they stay healthy? Mm, I mean, they could be maybe one of them, but they're not going to be you know Nick Chubb and uh, Hunt you know down in Cleveland. That's not going to be the case. So it's like a, they can probably be you know like a top five, top six. You know, but again, the key right now is seeing can Carson uh, come back healthy. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, I think Penny wants to stay here. And so it's like, uh, you know, and again, it's not like he's going to overdo it in the contract because I don't think he's going to get a big a big contract. So it's like, uh, no, but I think it's a good duo. And you saw in the second half of the season, Rashad Penny was one of the best backs in the league. Hey, John, it looks like uh, Jim Harbaugh now after he <laughs> kind of screwed up the Minnesota Vikings interview. Uh, that was just as a reminder. He walked in there and thought he was just going to get the job. <laughs> Sign um, here. Yeah, but he agreed with a new contract at, at Michigan. No yeah. anything uh, about that, the length? and, and No what, idea. What are college coaches getting, do you think? Uh, I mean, 8 to 10. Wow. I mean, the good ones. Yeah. I mean, he was making like about four on the restructured contract that he took a pay cut. And so it's like uh, I would imagine he probably got up, you know, eight or above. Yeah, I would have. I would have really liked to have seen him back in the NFL. I would too. <laughs> but again, that's Harbaugh. Harbaugh's not going to waste time, you know, particularly with an NFL team going through a process. If you want him, you want him. He wanted to go. They didn't get. They didn't offer him a contract. So it's like, okay, see you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Take care. Have a good life. John, I look at what's going on in Arizona with Kyler Murray, and I see a guy who isn't under great leadership, right? He's a superstar in this league, and he's behaving like a child when it comes to unfollowing the Cardinals or Mm -hmm, whatnot. mm -hmm. What do you think happens in Arizona? Do you think Cliff comes back for another year? I think so, yeah. But again, it's like uh, with Kyler, it's one where uh, you can see that there's frustration, and this is a contract year, and so the way that he's acting, I mean, you kind of question whether he's going to get that big contract extension. You know, I think that's going to be very much in question. So it's like, uh, but again, they talk about his immaturity, his emotions, 
you know, how he kind of goes off the deep end, and you can see him pout sometimes when he's on the field. I mean, he's got to get through that, and he also has to get better leadership because you're right. The leadership right now is very much in question. Yeah, you know, Kingsbury, I, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this, yeah. just because I think it's it's so damning. But yeah. So to go back to the story of how he finishes. Yeah, oh, terrible. Texas Tech, and this goes back to 2013. Mm-hmm. You know, says, this goes 13 through 18. It lost five of six, four of six, four of six, six of eight, six of eight, five of five in those seasons at Texas Tech. And then with the Cardinals, lost seven of nine in mm-hmm. 2019, five of the last seven in 20, and five of the last six in 21. Plug that into your database, John. Uh, have we ever seen anything like this? I mean, this is just like this is one of the the weirdest stats. Yeah, I I've agree. Seen in a long time. I mean, again, to start off strong and then fall apart. I mean, it tells you there's something wrong with his coaching. You know, because you know teams either figure out what he's doing or he loses with leadership or whatever it is, and it, it just can't continue. And if it does, you know, this will be his last year. John, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to be in Green Bay? Does he want out? What should he do, and what do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to stay now. I mean, if they're going to make him you know, the highest paid or one of the highest paid players in the National Football League, and they're able to get Devontae Adams back, I can't see why he would leave. You know, he'd still have a great chance to get to the NFC Championship game, maybe a chance to get to the Super Bowl. You know, all those things would be in his favor. And then, of course, I guess you saw that he broke up with his fiance yesterday, you know, who's in Boulder, Colorado. So uh, he's a free agent. He's a free agent there, but he's not a free agent right now with the Green Bay Packers. That's too bad. Yeah. Broke up. Broke up. She was from... Motor, Motor, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, uh, just after seeing him profess his love for LaFleur... After the the NFL honors yeah. thing, I was like, okay, well, I think that relationship is is better than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, there was a few, and like I said, we're going to have Clint Hurt, the new offensive or sorry defensive coordinator, on our show tomorrow at two o'clock on Wyman and Bob. But uh, a couple little quotes coming out from him. I guess he hit the hit the media today. One, John, no more uh, dropping defensive linemen oh, into thank coverage. Heavens. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Gosh, God, that was awful. Uh, well, and I think it's really funny because when you talk to D linemen, they could care less about you know not rushing the quarterback. Yeah. That's all they care about is sacks, and he's a D line coach. So, mm-hmm. yeah, got to love that. I take it he is going to stay with the four three, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't think they're going anything no, too drastic. No, but no. you know, with the coverages and all that stuff, I mean. You know, look, there's only so many of them, mm-hmm. and it's it's not like that's some magic formula. Right. It, to, to me, and Bump and I were talking about this, that, you know, if you make it simple for the guys to, to remember or uh-huh. understand, that's really the key. And I feel like it sounds like these guys are like, you know, and I know how Clint is, but um, Desai and, and Scott are like just these incredibly gifted teachers, which is really what what you need. Mm-hmm. So really excited about that. Yeah, I, I I I like the changes. I really do, both on offense and defense. I mean, and again, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see with no Mike Solari, you know, what what kind of a uh, you know different look they're going to have on the offensive linemen they bring in. John, I've watched Joe Burrow this past season, and it looks special. Yeah, he, he is. He goes on and he says, "Look, we're going to get back here." I don't think it's going to be that easy, John. What are your thoughts on the chances of the Bengals repeating what they did this year? This year, next year, no. I mean, uh, it's it's tough to repeat. Uh, you figure there's always going to be a letdown. 
Uh, and so it's like, uh, you know, I, I, at some point, I think he can. Uh, but uh, right now, I'd say no. But still, I mean, you give him credit. I mean, they just gave a big con- five-year contract extension to Zach Taylor. So he's all taken care of now. Uh, but Burrow was just absolutely great. And I think he's going to be great for a long period of time. Well, if they could spend a whole bunch of money on offensive line, yeah. I think that would really help them. <laughs> and draft one. Yeah. All right, Professor, we appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Well, coming up next, Seahawks are bringing in a new look on defense, as we just talked about with the Professor. We'll break down what to expect from the new coaches. That's next on Wyman and Bob with Michael Bumpus.